especially blessed by the response of this fellowship. Tim shared last week about Jesus could do nothing on his own but what he's seen the Father doing. The Father is doing a mighty work in this fellowship. The response for their retreat was just awesome. Larry just couldn't talk enough about it. I mean, he was just blown away by what the Lord was doing in this fellowship and how the people so responded here that there was a big majority, 90% of the people, couples here, were at that retreat. Many of them were already four times. And it just was not, Larry did, not only did an awesome job bringing the word of God in ministry and by the Holy Spirit, but it also ministered back to him when he's seen what God has been doing with these people. And it's a result of a lot of people have been praying, people have been fasting, and I, just the E-team and the single people that have really given themselves to praying and fasting for this. It was just incredible. You know, when the people come together and when we start praying and fasting, I tell them, God can move. All of heaven is stirred. And this is just not for family. I mean, just not for marriages. But this is in every area of our life. Tim talked about last week. I mean, I was just stirred. I mean, I was just blown away by that teaching last week. If we missed anything, get the tape again and listen to it. Because I want to just start out a little bit with that, what Tim shared last week. Because um, what he said last week, and he, when he talked about the vine, I want to give you, by the way, a, a picture of... Can you see, everybody see that? Okay. Now, here's what, uh, I, I ran, I didn't know what I was going to share today till after the retreat. And all I remember, I had these two transparencies, and I was going to use them once before uh, at a retreat, never got to use them. But this, I was going to use it, and it was going to, I had my daughter, I said, give me two foxholes. And so this is a foxhole, but so in your mind, get this, get this be a picture of a home, okay? I didn't have time to, to draw it, Okay. But Tim talked about last week, he talked about the vine. He says what? He says, Jesus is the, is the vine and we are what? The branches? Okay. He also talked a lot about last week uh, where Jesus said this, you know, I can't do anything unless I see the Father uh, doing. He also talked about uh, that we ought to be what? Bearing fruit. And you know what? When you see an apple tree like this and those are nice, delicious apples, okay, you enjoy, you look at it, and you can just taste it. Even before you take a bite of it, you can taste the fruit of it. But you know what? When there's sin in the midst of it, and it's buggy, nobody wants to taste it. You know what? Our lives can be like that. When our life is filled, like the prophecy that came today, with the presence of God, Everybody wants to be around you. Your life is tasty. You're encouraging. You're pleasant to be around, and even if you don't have any clone on. <laughs> don't make a difference if you're tall, skinny, fat, 30 years old, 70 years old, 16. You're pleasant to be around. There's something within you that it just radiates 
the presence of Christ. Like, look, look at Millie and look at that. These two here. Ain't it a joy being around them? Yeah. They're just a glow that they have. You know? And by the way, just to, just to show you, did you see that smile that they had on their face when I talked about them? Every one of us wants to be encouraged. Every one of us wants to be noticed. And so I want to talk about marriage today. But whether it's marriage, family, we're all in the family of God. You can apply this to your life, whether you're 16 years old, 10 years old, or you're 80 years old. I believe all of us need family. All of us need encouragement. All of us need to feel that I am important. As a matter of fact, you're your greatest cheerleader. And if you don't believe me, when everybody, somebody comes around and recognizes you, and gives you any attention at all, there's a smile that you have. Because you feel good inside, isn't that right? The devil has one goal, to keep tearing us down. Well, we had a, it was a good weekend. It was a lots of joy. But there also was some sadness. And the sad part is this, that we live in an age where evil is very much present. It started out in the first family. Evil was present there in the first family. Cain hated his brother. Cain was very jealous, and he murdered his brother. There is evil that is present today. But like we've seen in the weekend, God is doing a restoring. Don't make a difference if evil had been there once before or not. God is doing restoring in the hearts of people, and his love is coming through. Now I want you to show what God's intent is over here. Um, Jesus said, as a matter of fact, in John 15, 19, when Tim led, read uh, last week, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. What does Jesus mean by that? What did, why did he say that? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Do what? Anybody have any idea? Anything. Anything? Okay. Give me some ideas. What did Gene mean that? He says if you're plugged into the or vine, right? You are the branches. What is that? When you meditate on what Tim shared last week, what are you reminded of? Bearing fruit, okay. What's another thing? Bearing fruit, what else? Go ahead. It's a fruit of life to the vine. Okay, anybody else? Go ahead. I depend on the, the source. The vine is my source. I am depending on that so that he can provide for my life. Okay, okay, that's good. Yes, he can provide. What else? There's debt without him. Okay. Let me share what, because I, shorter time, we had a great time in worship. I'm going to stop right there today, okay? Because God spoke so mightily. But I'll share you, just briefly share what came to me, okay? First of all, in, um, in Isaiah 59.2, it says, Sin 
has made a separation between me and God. Okay? That means, and it also says this, that because sin has made a separation between me and God, God can't even hear my prayers. It says he can't even hear them. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says this, if a husband does not live with an understanding way with his wife, God won't hear his prayers. And so when I was thinking about what was shared last week, we are the branches, Jesus is the vine. And I was just thinking, what is the, what is the branch made out of? It's the living word, the Holy Spirit, and the blood. That's what I was meditating on. That whoever is plugged in to the vine, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. That regardless if I stumble today, or if I have gotten a problem with anyone, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. God gives us the living word, and the Holy Spirit magnifies it in my heart that I repent quickly, and because I am plugged into the branch, I get the life of Christ within me. Now stay with me on this, okay? Okay? So I look at here, and I see, by the way, I'm reminded of Kale, you know, when Kale gets up on the stage and he dances, and he dances with such excitement. I look at this over here. Here is a couple that is plugged in to the vine. They are walking in the glory of God. Now, how do I know this is possible? Because Scripture says it's possible. When I look at, when I look at, uh, okay, let me, just, let me take you this one here now. Uh, 1 John 3, 2. Let's all look at that, okay? I'll try to stay and get a picture of it. One of the things is when, God's, when, when we're reading Scripture, try to get a picture. What is God saying? What is God saying to me? And you know what? The Holy Spirit will reveal it to, to you in the way you understand things, uh, the way you understand it to be. But in, in 1 John 3, 2, okay? It says this, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet appeared as yet we, what we shall be. We know this, when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. You know, there's going to be such a transformation that is taking place within us that when we're going to see Jesus, it says what? What does it say? We're going to be like him, right? There is going to be a transformation that's taking place. Now, you know what? We, Tim talked about last week. He talked about the vine, right? Now, the branch is what's in the vine, right? So Jesus is the vine so that you and I, although not perfected yet, we ought to be and see ourselves having the, the image of Jesus Christ, having the spirit of Christ within us. So if we can see that, then because of what it says here, everyone here that sees that purifies himself. Okay? Because you've gotten a hold of it. The biggest thing is that Satan wants to do today, he does not want us to see that. He doesn't want us to understand that. Because if we can walk in condemnation... We are a testimony to no one. Isn't that right? Okay? Now, then we keep reading here. And you know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. 
No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, let no one see you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. And the Son of God appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. I want to take you, let's look at, um, um, let's go to Proverbs. I'm going to have to move it a little bit faster here because I'll tell you this now. Let's go to Proverbs 18. By the way, this is a, um, a good scripture. I love it. It says, he who finds a wife, <laughs> Proverbs 18, verse 22, this one here is, he who finds a wife finds a good thing, and he obtains favor from the Lord. I said, what does that mean? I mean, we heard about the bride of Christ and I think it was Rick that says something about going up the mountain. Okay, the bride, the wife represents the bride of Christ, and in marriage and family, when the husband and wife in that house know Jesus Christ as Lord, and Christ is the center of their marriage, I believe what the Scripture says, and because the husband knows how to lead, there is a favor that he has because he treats his wife right. Isn't that a promise? Isn't that a good thing? For those that you experience in a marriage retreat, you've seen that, okay? You've seen the joy, the happiness that, that men and women had. You heard the testimony today. We got married 12 years ago, and you've seen what happened on how they talked about, they learned, and they were able to minister to each other. When they were sharing, couldn't you just see life coming through it? you just seen the presence of God was in the midst of that, right? But, let me take you to verse 19, okay? I'm going to take, verse 19 is what I'm going to read, but I'm going to read it on, out of the um, New Living Translation. Because this is the world, I mean, I, this is the world that we live in today. Tim talked about last week, the life. If you're plugged in to the, uh, to the branch, what our life should be like. We see what the Father is doing. We see what the Father is doing today in the earth. All around the world today, there is more books written about restoring marriage and restoring family than ever before. When I became, first became a Christian 20-some years ago, 25 years or about 30 years or whatever it is now, how many is it, Carol? It's 30 years. We found one book, or maybe two books, that's all that was written. Larry Christensen was one. But you go to a bookstore, you hadn't seen nothing else. Today, you can go up into the Canada, you can go into different parts of the world, and you see a lot of books are being written about marriage, restoring family. God is doing something in the earth today. I want you to know this. Satan is also doing something. And we are not to be blind to that. 
I'll read this from the, from the um, uh, New Living Translation. It is harder to make amends with offended friends than to capture a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with iron bars. And I was just, and I was meditating on that when it says this over here, and I'll read it again, okay? This is the world we live in today. It is harder to make amends with an offended friend than to capture a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with iron bars. And I was just thinking, what is a friend? What is a friend? What do you, what do you, what do you, how would you describe a personal friend of yours? Friend that you can keep forever. Okay. Friend that you can keep forever. Okay. Somebody else. Somebody that knows all your faults and still loves you in the way. Good. Anybody else? Somebody you can turn your back on. Somebody you can turn your back on. Still there, right? Go ahead. Friend is somebody who's there when you need him. Friend is somebody who's there when you can be him. Go ahead. Somebody what? Somebody you have lots of fun with. Go ahead. Loyal. We could go on and on about a friend, right? You know, and, and, I, and I was thinking and meditating about that. A friend. Somebody that you can play cards with. Somebody you can take a vacation with, maybe. Somebody that you can go hunting with. Somebody you go fishing with. Somebody you share the ups and downs with. That is a friend, right? Well, you know today, I have seen in corporations where people have started out as friends and a big division came in between them. I've seen a company that I, we serve now and take care of, it started out with two brothers. Today the brothers so hate each other, they can't stand each other, they don't talk to each other, and even the people that work in those two companies knows the brothers hate each other because the spirit that was right back then during the days of Cain is still in our presence today. We see it in government today. This politician over here hates this politician over here. There's becoming a big wedge in between. We see it in families. Between in families, brothers and sisters hate one another. And mom and dad don't know what to do. We see it in families today that there are Christians. Where there are and brothers and sisters and Christian families. And there are walls between the two of them. This is the world that we live in today. It's great to talk right. We had a great time at the retreat. There was a lot of great couples there. But there's a world of hurting people out there. And I was reminded in, when I read this property, I mean this proverb, we know what it does in the business world. We know what it does in families. We know what it does in school systems. 
We know what it does in the church. You, you described to me already what a friend is. A wife is closer, real close to her husband. And when the husband shares the intimate things with the wife, and the wife shares with the husband, there's been trust, there's been love. They've walked through good things. They've laughed together. They've cried together. They rejoiced when the first baby was born. They rejoiced in the, when Christmas, the first Christmas came around. They rejoiced when the first, when, they, when a guy got the jo a new job, a new raise. They rejoiced together when the, they bought the first automobile. They rejoiced together when the child rode the bike for the first time. They did. You know, and they cried together when Johnny fell down the stairs. They had many tears in, along the way. Good experiences. And they've had fights. And they've had healing process. And they felt a good joining together. And Satan says, I hate it. I've got the plan. I have got a plan. He said this, I'll distract them. I'll take their minds off of God and I'll keep it on, them, on themselves. I'll have them stop eating from the tree of life. I'll bring sin in the midst of them. No longer will the blood cleanse them. No longer will they be in the word. No longer will they be a people led by the Holy Spirit. I've got this plan. And you look at it. How many couples today, when they go to the altar and they start out, they have this vision when they go down. There's tears, there's joy when they get down. But they don't know that if they don't stay plugged in, like Tim shared last week, Satan's got a plan. Evil was there in the beginning. It is there today. Life was there in the beginning. Jesus said this, choose life or choose death. And we look at this example over here. On the left side, we have a tree. It's dead. But if you analyze that tree, I mean, it's, it bears no fruit, stake in space. But you study sin. If you study it, what is there about sin? It's, it's, it's the absence of God. When there is the absence of God in my life, it's amazing how selfish I can become. I have seen people moving on with God. I've seen people going forward with it. But when they stop, it's amazing how the old self starts coming back up. You and I have no choice in this, in the, in, in, during this generation. It's like it says in Ephesians 6. To carry the gar armor at all times. Because the enemy has got a plan. Now many people believe that the enemy doesn't have a plan and the enemy wants them to believe that they don't he doesn't have a plan but Jesus says this I am the way the truth and the life and those that will stay in uh, those that will stay in uh, in God's presence this will never happen but you know what has happened 
over here. The enemy will come in, what was love, he'll put a wall in between. And we heard this last weekend about the leaky marriages. The marriages just and just fall apart all at once from one big blow up, and families one big blow up. It's the enemy comes in with little bitty sin and a little bitty selfishness. And pretty soon he starts putting a wall up between the two. That neither husband and wife now can communicate with each other because they're so filled of hurt, they're so filled of discouragement. Proverbs says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I know this, that sometimes it's only God himself can heal the heart. You can't take an aspirin. You can't go to even a psychologist and sometimes get something that's going to heal the heart. Because he'll give you something to heal the natural pain. But only God can heal the heart and remove the sin from your heart and cause us to be plugged back in the vine. Because it is only the blood that can keep us and wash us totally clean. Isn't that right? Now, I can, the reason I'm qualified to share this with you, I've made a lot of stupid mistakes. And if you don't believe me, you're going to ask my wife. Then <laughs> you're going to ask my kids. They'll, they can tell you. But I know this, that I'm thankful for Jesus. I am thankful for Jesus because not only does he forgive me, it was when there was... not only does he restore what the locust has stolen, but he puts my wife in a position where she can forgive me. And love is restored. No greater love can a marriage, can a family have when Jesus Christ is in the center of it. None. This weekend was full of tears, full of excitement, full of refreshment. We've had people that when they, when they said the words, I take you to be my loving wife, or whatever it was, a loving husband, when they went through that, they were hugging each other. You know, it was the Spirit of God was in the midst of that. Because when Larry got done sharing, nobody wanted to hold on to anything of their own. We came into that presence of God, and it was miraculous. So, <coughs> sorry, my throat is getting dry. Okay, so it is time for me to bring this to a close. I have more to share, but basically, are you getting the heart what I'm sharing? God is speaking today. Look around you. God is restoring family life. He's restoring it unto himself. While he's restoring all of this, Regardless of what I like, life was like before, God is doing and making things brand new. And let me tell you something, when he makes it brand new, when he makes it and restores it in family, when he restores a husband and wife relationship, whether you're 30 years old or you're my age at 60, it gets exciting. Because in every stage of life, there's new territory to conquer. There's new territory that, you're, that for, us, for, for us to enter into. I know and see things in my wife today that I didn't see 10 years ago, that I didn't see 15 years ago. God has done this, that within us, as we keep going in God, he keeps revealing something new within each and every one of us that blesses each and every one of us. It's incredible. Now, if you don't believe me, let God have his
totally 100% and find out for yourself. And I want to close with that. Let's all stand, okay? Lord Jesus, Lord, we want to just thank you. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're so full of life. You're so full of mercy. You're so forgiving. You so love us that you send your son to die for us. And Father, like it was shared here this morning in worship, that your spirit is hovering over us. Lord, I pray for ourselves here this morning that there will be a new freshness in each and every one of us. Because it is your bride that is being molded without spot and blemish. That is this being molded without spot and blemish. When the Father comes and looks at us, he can't find sin. Because we've been all washed in the blood. We've been washed and there is a holiness. Lord, we know that there is much more to come. We know that we are an imperfect people. But Lord, because of your blood, you can look on us with favor. So I pray, Lord Jesus, that Lord, Holy Spirit, regardless of what our past has been like, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Father, I once again want to thank you for this weekend. The joy, the overflowing with peace, the overflowing of the Holy Spirit in the couple's life, where love was totally restored, Lord Jesus. That even by the testimony that we heard today, God, so much was happening. Father, I just pray that there will be anointing on each and every one of us to go out into the hurting world, Lord Jesus, and share the gospel. But as we go out, God, first look at our own hearts so that we may go out with boldness. We may go out in joy. We may go out and through us, Lord Jesus, your gospel will be shared. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Give back to him, <clears throat> and I just felt the presence of God really strong. And I know as I was singing back to him, it was like um, it came a place where I didn't know what to say or how to say it. And um, and yet I felt the pleasure of the Lord. I felt like he was saying this morning he was pleased because we were taking that step. But I felt, for me, I just have been God has been speaking things to me about what we fill our mind with. Because what we fill our mind with is what comes out. And why I couldn't speak back some as much as I wanted to is because my mind's been filled with other things. And uh, I've been looking at the Word, and he's been speaking to me uh, largely about opinions and things that we have. Um, and I bet some of you guys could sit down here and women talk about opinions of how you thought that baseball game should have been played or how that football game should have been played or what this politician should have done, how the road should have been prepared. I turned on the radio on those talk shows. Absolutely, I cannot listen to them. I just thought it's people's opinions, their opinions, their opinions, their opinions, their opinions. Everybody has to have what they say, what they think. The problem is, is if you don't have a, tuned mind in, uh, if you don't have a mind tuned into the Lord, your opinions are nothing, really. They're nothing. I'm not saying when you have an opinion, God told me this ball player, this. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about what you say should be worth something. 
And it's not always talking about the Lord, but it's the way you talk to people, how you encourage, what you speak about other people. Are you always cutting them down? What, what comes out of your mouth? What do you listen to? And, and the, the word says, think on what is good, think on what is pure. And I know my husband has been so great for me this way, time, this, in this way because so many times as we go through different things and there's different trials or situations come up, you know, your mind goes, well, they did this and they did that and it escalates and they shouldn't have done this and that hurt me and, or why did they, you know, all this kind of stuff. He'll say, Carol, you can't, you can't think on those things. Those, that doesn't bring the grace of God. It doesn't bring anything godly into you. It's like take those thought captives to obey Christ and you don't take... And there's a lot of people that don't say anything, but they have lots of opinions going on in here. They have lots of opinions about lots of things. And I felt like the Lord was saying, get your mind stayed on me. There's perfect, perfect peace when your mind stayed on me. And I think he gave us some of that today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I felt his presence and I felt like I wanted to spend more time with him because I don't want to be just a person with lots of opinions. And I can talk you a good talk. Who cares? What am I bringing life? There's life and death in the power of the tongue. And am I bringing life to a situation or am I bringing death? And that's a scary thought when you bring life or death. What do you want to be bringing? And I just, and I feel like, you know, even in marriages, I mean, a big thing Don was talking about is communication. You get attitudes, you get opinions, you build up walls. You know what, we need to bring those to God. Because me looking at God will do more for my marriage. I can't look to my husband to do everything I think he needs to do. I need to look at what God wants me to do. And I, I, just, felt, I just felt the love of God saying, I'm going to show you. You know, he's going to show us. And I felt like he was saying he was pleased with how we responded, even if for some of us it was hard, some of us it was easy. Sometimes you can do it without thinking about it. But God wants, let your mind stay on him. And he's going to bring, it's, it'll be, I think, a transforming thing in our lives. Because we want to bring the presence of God. We want to bring... The, the example of God to the people around us. And it's not by what we say all the time. It's how we are, how we treat people, what our words do communicate. And, and it's gonna, as we do that, as we fill the word in ourselves with the Lord, it's going to just come about so naturally that it's going to be so easy just to give him back the praise that he so deserves. And it said um, in Psalm 51, it says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou hast no delight in sacrifice were I to give a burnt offering. Thou wouldst not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And that's just a humbleness and a humility before your God of who he is, who we are, and what he's done for us. And a thankfulness should just be kept that simple in our life, and it would just get rid of a lot of the other things. So I just ask, Lord, I thank you for your presence today. Lord, where two or three are gathered, you are there. But, Lord, when they're corporately seeking you, when there's a unity and a, a, a bond of love towards you, Lord, your presence is here in a, in a different way than, than just being with us individually. Lord, you're speaking to us, and your presence was felt. And, Lord, I just thank you so much that you're so patient with us and loving with us and that you give us second chances, God, and that your heart is the song came, prophetic song came. You always love us. You always love us and are drawn us, Lord, and I thank you that you're such a loving God, that beyond our salvation of knowing you, that there's more to it than that, Lord. It's just a, it's a knowing you in a whole, not just what you've done for us, but who you are, Lord. So I just pray that we be a people focused on you and reflect your glory to the earth.
Amen. Amen.